0: She missed the evacuation bus. Her daughter was halfway across the country. Hurricane Ian was ravaging southwest Florida, but a stranger came knocking, and surely a falter was found safe. If it weren't for social media, who knows what would have happened. Christine Borlitz was getting more and more distraught her mother Shirley living in Florida while Christine was in Las Vegas she couldn't reach her mom Shirley's cell phone was lost her landline was knocked out when the storm hit making matters worse the evacuation bus mr. Street when it was doing pickups Christine began posting frantically on social media someone anyone go check on my mom it worked a stranger saw the post and braved the chest-high water to check in on Shirley She was shaken, but safe, safe. And the next day, a paddleboat arrived to bring her out somewhere dry. Christ sets our soul on the solid rock. Even when life sends its storms, our salvation is secure in Jesus. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. And here on this Thursday, we're in a series called The God Who Leads You Out. We all go through things in life. There are the tragedies, there are the challenges, there are those days when you wonder, will it ever end? And we need to remember that our Savior remains with us. To believe that the same God who led us into a trial is going to lead us out of that trial. And that's what led my friend Rob Morgan to write his book, The Red Sea Rules. Now, I want us to go to Rob And I want us to listen to him explain what was happening when the book first came out. It's very relevant to what we've gone through over the last couple of weeks.
1: Well, Charles, it was a hurricane that really sent the Red Sea rules into um, widespread circulation. Uh, Hurricanes are absolutely devastating things. In fact, I've got a friend who had a beautiful home on Sanibel Island and Hurricane Ian, I just found out today, Uh, Sent a wall of water through the whole first floor uh, Damaged the structure And it may be two or three years before He can get back into that house And of course we all remember Hurricane Katrina And the devastation that that wrought uh, Along the entire Gulf Coast Well, uh, the Red Sea Rules came out right before Hurricane Katrina hit And it enjoyed some uh, popularity But here's the thing My wife's name was Katrina Now, we kidded her a lot after the hurricane. We said, well, the hurricane was named for you. It was aptly named. (laughs) And she would say, well, my name was never so called as it was during the hurricane. And uh, we would have a laugh about it. But, of course, there was no laughing matter about Hurricane Katrina. But in the opening of the Red Sea Rules, I dedicated the book to Katrina. And so when you open the book, the first thing you saw were those two words, to Katrina. And people... Assume that this book was written uh, for the victims of Hurricane Katrina. And they began buying it by the caseload and giving it out. And really, that is what launched this book. And I think that whatever the ill winds are that we're facing, um, you know, the uh, Israelites experienced the same kind of difficulty, but the Lord led them through the middle of it. Um, in fact, He parted the waters for them. He made a way for them. And whether it's the hurricanes or whether it's something else that strikes our lives, God will always make a way.
0: And that's why after the program, I want to share with you Robert Morgan's book, The Red Sea Rules, Ten God-Given Strategies for Difficult Times. It came out of a hard time in Robert's life when his wife was dying. He read Exodus 14, the chapter where God leads Israel across the Red Sea on dry land. And the Lord used that passage of Scripture to provide the help that he needed to hear. A friend of mine introduced me to this book, just not too far back, and I couldn't wait to pass it on to you. In fact, that's what my friend does. He buys multiple copies. In fact, he's part of a Bible study that buys multiple copies of Red Sea Rules and gives them away to encourage other Christians who are struggling. This book uses the story of the Israelites to offer 10 strategies for dealing with those hard times In order to move from fear to faith, all of us have faced times that seem impossible and we long for God to move in mighty ways, just like he did with the Israelites. This book makes it really, really clear that God's in control, even in your hardest of times. You know, the most difficult time to trust in the Lord is when you're already in the middle of a crisis. But this book is a help in both the good times and bad times. It'll help you internalize these biblical truths to be ready when the time comes. So when catastrophe strikes, you can stay calm and confident no matter what happens, giving the Lord the time and the patience to do his work. Why don't you call us after the program and ask for your copy of the Red Sea Rules. Our number is 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or you can make your gift and Get a copy of the book or multiple copies online at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now I can't think of a better way to open this program with a song by Aaron Schust.
2: Deliver me as I call upon your name Be the God who breaks my chains All the shackles of my shame Deliver me from the lies that wreck my heart Come and lead me from the dark, Father. Show how strong You are. Deliver me, oh Lord. Deliver me. Oh, and I will trust in only You, for You will. Be You, it doesn't matter what I see, it doesn't matter what I see, deliver me, even when I am afraid, when the world around me shakes, I know you will never change, deliver me. Out true. It doesn't matter what I see. It doesn't matter what I see. Oh, deliver me. to live with.
0: We all need to cry out like Aaron Schust singing for us just then deliver me. This is Haven Today, and a program called The God Who Leads You Out. No matter who you are, where you are, we all are going to struggle. There is a myth out there that the rich and famous don't have to struggle. It's an old myth, actually. Psalm seventy three talks a lot about it. Why do the rich prosper? Why do they live long lives, even though they've forgotten the Lord? Is a life of godliness a waste of time at the end of the day? These are the questions Psalm 73 asks, and it reflects that assumption, I think, that the rich or the powerful or the famous don't have any struggles in life. And yes, on one level, we can see how that is sometimes true. They don't have to worry about health care. They don't have to wonder where their next meal is going to come from or how they're going to pay their rent. But look again. Addiction to opiates, depression, suicide. These are things that are also a part of the lifestyle of the rich and famous. They struggle with loneliness, fear, and anxiety, just like us all. We all struggle. And when we struggle, it's so important to know where to turn. You can't turn to your money. So let me preface this by saying I believe in clinical medication when it's prescribed and proven to work. I'm not going to suggest you get off your meds if you struggle with depression, and they help. But for many of us, our struggles aren't chemical, and our feelings of anxiety aren't made worse by our body's chemistry. Yet we still struggle, every one of us. And where do we turn? Medication may help some, but it isn't the ultimate answer. Finding friends and being active may help, but that's not the answer at the end of the day either. Think of another famous psalm, Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. At the end of the day, this is where we turn. We turn to the Lord. When we're in a hard place and we can't see a way out, yes, there are other ways to ease the burden of our own anxiety, but our help, our truest help, comes from the Lord. The people of Israel had to learn this as they were escaping their slavery in Egypt. They were heading north toward the Red Sea. The Lord was leading them. And as they reached the shore, something dreadful happened. They turned around. They saw Pharaoh and his army charging in to overtake and recapture them, kill some of them, no way forward, and there was no way back. But it was there that they learned to be more concerned for the Lord and his glory than for their own. It was there that they learned to trust in Almighty God. I recently met up in Nashville with Robert Morgan. He wrote a book called The Red Sea Rules, and we talked about what Israel learned and what we can learn through the exodus from Egypt. We talked about glory, and I think what Rob has to say really puts things into perspective. Listen to what he told me. Rob Morgan, let's talk about rule number two. You want to, yeah, what more, is rule number two? Be
1: more concerned about God's glory than for your own relief. The Lord said to the Israelites, "'I have put you in this impossible place to bring glory to myself.'" To bring glory to myself over Pharaoh and just to bring glory to myself. The Lord intended to be glorified through this. He wanted the nations around to know that he was Yahweh, he was God, Mm -hmm. that there was none other. He wanted to be glorified in the eyes of the Israelites. He was going to do something that would bring glory to himself. So what we have to remember when we go through a difficult time is that we shouldn't ask as we are prone to, how did I get into this mess and how can I get out? We should learn to say, how can God be glorified in this experience? Mm. And once you learn to ask the one question rather than the other, it changes your whole perspective about the situation that you're facing. Mm. And that's a very important principle to learn.
0: The easiest knee-jerk reaction for any of us who is a believer when something really bad comes our way is, Lord, why did you let this happen to me? Why is that? My initial reaction, you know, and then it takes a while for that to kind of calm down, and I realize, well, maybe God has a plan for this, which is, of course, what you're teaching out of Exodus
1: 14. Why do you think that's the case? Well, you're exactly right, Charles. We have to process things. Even the Lord Jesus mm. did. Mm-hmm. He in John chapter nine, he he said this prayer. Now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say, Father, deliver me from this hour? No, it was for this hour that I came into the world. Father, glorify your Mm -hmm. name. Mm -hmm. So he was processing. He said, I'm facing something awful right now. And I'm prone to say, Lord, get me out of this. Deliver me from this hour. But that isn't what I should pray. I should pray instead, Father, glorify your name. Mm -hmm. And the Lord answered him and said, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. So it's impossible, I think, on this earth for us to never be discouraged or never to be hurt. But we shouldn't stay that way for long. Mm. People of faith should say, well, that's discouraging. That hurts. This is awful. This is terrible. But then we should begin getting ourselves into a place where we look at it from God's perspective and learn to trust Him with it. And we begin asking instead of, why is this happening? We should say, Lord, how can you be glorified through what is happening?
0: That was Robert Morgan, sharing his insight into the Red Sea Crossing and how we are called to be more concerned with the glory of the Lord than for our own relief. That might seem a difficult thing to hear. It's more difficult to put into practice when we're struggling. All we want, all we need is relief. Yet the Lord calls us to something even higher. I think of Jesus talking to his disciples about his impending crucifixion. They were understandably worried when he spoke like that. One time, Peter even began rebuking Jesus, telling him to stop talking like that. And remember what Jesus did? He told Peter he was acting like Satan. He said, get behind me, because you're setting your eyes on the things of this earth. In other words, salvation is too glorious to be worried about my own relief right now. Jesus could have fallen in with the disciples. He could have tried to back out of his mission to save us. But he saw through the pain to the glorious resurrection and our salvation. And our salvation on the other side. His relief was less important than that. And he calls on us to have the very same mind. Listen to his words to his disciples on the night he was betrayed. Do not Let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Did you hear it? Their hearts were troubled, but the glory of salvation of being with the Lord Jesus forever was more important than their immediate relief. And even better, it is the salvation Christ is preparing for us that will lead us to ultimate relief. And the same was true for Israel as they faced the Red Sea and behind them Pharaoh's army. The Lord could have killed Pharaoh and his army right away, but then there'd still be the Red Sea to cross. So instead, he brought them through the hardship to rest and salvation on the other side. And he will do the same for you. Believe in the Lord. Believe in Jesus. His salvation is worth more than our immediate comfort. It's something I ask almost everyone we have on the program here at Haven today.
1: And so when I was in Nashville, I
0: asked Rob Morgan, what does Jesus mean to you?
1: It's hard, isn't it, to put that into a sentence. The Apostle Paul said, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Hmm. And that's the simplest motto, I think, of life. Hmm. To live is to enjoy Christ, to know Christ, to walk with Christ. It is to work for Christ, to labor for Christ. It is to trust Christ, to let the Lord Jesus walk beside you, guide you, by the indwelling Holy Spirit, to live his life through you. It's it's not us living the Christian life. It's Jesus living it through us by the Holy Spirit. It's not us talking for the Lord. It's Jesus doing it by the Holy Spirit through us. It's not us working for the Lord. It's Jesus doing it by the Holy Spirit through us. So he is, as the old hymnist used to say, he is my all in all. Mm. Thank you, Rob Morgan. Thank you for letting me be a part of your great ministry. Robert Morgan,
0: thank you for joining me on the program and sharing with us who Jesus is to you. He's our everything. He saves us from sin. He preserves us through our struggles. And he alone will deliver us from the suffering and death that we see and face every day. In all of this, his glory and the glory of his salvation is worthy worthy of our praise, we cannot forget to praise Him and to pursue His glory, even in the midst of our hardships. Jesus is for us when we need Him most. He's our Savior, our Redeemer, and never forget, He's our friend.
3: God will make a way where there seems to be no way works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to His side. With love For each new day, he will make.
0: out of the Integrity Music world. We've had him on the program a very long time ago, Don Moen. God will make a way. Doesn't that speak to you on this haven today? The God who leads you through. We're all going through hard times, after all. No one, I mean no one, can deny that. And even if you are not overwhelmed by life's challenges at the moment, we are all in desperate need of finding our comfort in Jesus every day. I do, and I believe you do as well. But here's the good news. God is enough. Jesus remains with us even when life hurts. We know that from the Bible. The same God who led us in will lead us out. And that is exactly the point Robert Morgan makes clear in his book called The Red Sea Rules. God is in control no matter what. Turning to Exodus 14, Rob Morgan offers 10 strategic principles for moving from fear to faith. They all come out of Exodus 14. And as you read this book, you will be reminded, even assured, that even in the midst of seemingly impossible situations, God promises to be with you and make a way for you because he is your hope and he will never let you go. So why don't you call us right now? Do it right now. Get a copy of the Red Sea Rules. Get an extra copy or more to give away to others who are in need. We're a listener-supported ministry, and all you need to do is call and make your gift, but ask for the Red Sea Rules when you call 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or make your way to our web store at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And this week, as you're listening to me, I'm ministering in Cuba, where they're suffering right now after the hurricane went through there before it went to Florida. Would you like to help provide safe water, clean drinking water, given out by churches that agree to not only have a water system in place, but also share the living water in Jesus Christ? You can read about that on our website. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again, together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We all have people in our lives who are close to us, Christians are commanded to love everyone, but sometimes you meet someone who fits with you better than others. Maybe it's a similar personality or common interests, but there is one place where the people close to us are chosen for us, the Church of Jesus Christ. We aren't bound together by personality or hobbies or anything like that. No, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what Paul wrote to Philemon about his runaway slave, Onesimus. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a little while was that you might have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but better than a slave as a dear brother. What a precious thought. Anchor Devotional is available in print monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.